do and you don't do it. I'm uh, goddamn cop. Excuse me, ma'am. <laughs> what the hell are you doing? What did you do? Come in here, flesh your badge, scaring hell out of my people. That's pretty you much it. Like everybody else. You know. You think the cops paid for their ticket? He, the, yeah, they did pay. They make that clear. Oh, well, they're cops. They don't have to. Yeah. Wow, so postmodern. We're in the audience watching the audience. But they're in cars, the audience. Right. We are not in cars. That would make a difference. Okay. Hey, uh, pandemic drive-in comedy show. <laughs> My name is Carl, and I'm going to perform a musical number. Honk, 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 honk. To make this a drive-in is very, um, that's very intriguing to me, to have a drive-in. Uh, I think that might be... People might go to that just as a novelty, you know? Yeah, well, no, I mean, the last two years, it, they were booming because there's a, one way you can socially go out and see a movie is to separate yourself from in a car, you know, with everyone else. Well, I think you're right, but I, that ship has sailed, you know? I think that... They should still stay open. I mean, they should still, like, maybe America has tasted drive-ins theater due to the pandemic, and then they, they can't resist that taste. They wanted more. <laughs> Now, imagine if this drive-in, like, I got, um, it was only about being a drive-in, so therefore I had, like, um, movies in the public domain even, you know? Well, the great thing about driving is that you can show, like, a titty film on the screen and just know that kids are are in the back seat while the parents <laughs> are driving by the drive-in on the freeway or on the highway. Yeah, I've been there. As a kid, I've seen boobs on yeah. Yeah, me too. the screen. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, what? Okay, now Jim is frustrated. He huffed off. He gets back into the car and he turns over. Now watch how she is decapitated. Her head just oh, rolls no. right off. And he goes, my God. Oh, no. My God. That looked awesome, by the way. That's well, like 30 grand well spent. So now oh. our body count is five. My girlfriend gave me head. So All they're right. like, Okay, go get the creep. He did it. But now our body count is six. Well, that's I'm going to have to cross him off my suspect list. Look at his dress with his gun. My God, how did they do it? Like, not breathe? Like, he really looks like he's dead. You can <laughs> see him like this. Maybe it's a still. Yeah, but it has to be. The guy's breathing like Okay, crazy. so now... We are at a body count of six, and they're like, you got to close the theater, and he's refusing. But he's really, he's like, you used to be a sword swallower at the carnival, and we didn't find that out from you. What are you hiding, Austin? He goes, I never gave a shit about the sword swallowing. I was a barker. I got a promotion. Now Jeremy fucks up his sandwich, so he's really pissed. My God. Why is Jeremy getting Why is Jeremy sandwiches? getting cop sandwiches? Oh, and the suspect, too. He goes, mayonnaise and mustard? I can't eat this crap. Seriously, man. That's that's papa. Now, his big complaint is they haul down to the station everyone who works for them, and they let them all go except for him, the manager. So he's like, these wangbangers are ripping me off, and I'm stuck here. Look at well, his turtleneck is a different color. His right. jacket is a different color. It's still the same. Same style. 
they, they the cops need him there because they they need a couch. They need him just to lie down. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't even think like used clothing store has those jackets anymore. No, you would have to upstairs in my son's closet. I have one of those blazers as me as like a four year old, five year old, ah. you know? and it's got the um. When you see it, you'll be like, oh, my God, that's so the, of the day. I mean, imagine that. Little kids would even be wearing a blazer. Right. Well, you know, this is one of those 70s movies where people still dress up, you know. Yeah. They, they wear suits or, you know, even Jeremy has a style, I guess. What kind of hat is that, though? Like, that was really sold in stores, the, the, the Chico hat? Yeah, I don't know about that. I, yeah, sure, in Italy, right? I mean, you can't sell peanuts in the street without that. <laughs> but I mean, it was common, and in, in no. nobody said, "Yeah, wear that stupid hat." You just no. He had a stupid hat. hat. I have to manage my business. Close the drive-in. No way, you no idiot! Way. Three cars away from the murder, and it this is incompetence. Three I got cars it. away from the murder. This is 1977, and Star Wars is coming out, and I want to show it at my drive-in. That's right. Can you I'm imagine? What movie did you watch in 1977? Oh, Drive-In Massacre. You Wait, idiot. You love the story of, like, you're at the theater, and you're looking at the posters, and it's Star Wars, and it's yeah. and you're like, let's go see, you know, Swabby. Yeah, let's, go, let's go see Swabby. Yeah. Well, that's another thing, too. Like, Making you say, wrong well, choice. This movie's cheap and like on fast. Yes, but it was also the same year that Star Wars came out. So we were capable of making better movies that year. It wasn't like Oh no, yeah. this is all Stu's fault. No, they this Stu Sagal Stu. made yeah. I gotta tell Katie, like your husband really fucked this film up. The internet tries to claim that this was based on targets. Now, did you and I see targets? I've seen, we haven't seen it together, but targets I'm familiar with. It's a really I saw good movie. It too, yeah. It was a really good movie, and I doubt. Okay, here's the flashback, and this oh, good. is my cameo at 10 years old. I'm in the crowd. Yeah, there right. I am. See, I'm shooting. Which one? Are, are you looking in the camera, or are you looking no, at the camera? No, I got a yellow shirt. His elbow uh -huh. is blocking me now. There I am. There I am. Oh, yeah, you can see me. I have a Howard the Duck t-shirt. Right. Oh, the yo-yo. So... This is not the carnival of the history that was pretty much being sold to us as like a circus with elephants and a freak show. Right. Uh, this is really just some carnies who rolled into town and put up some uh, rides. So we're, we're seeing the flashback and we're hearing voiceovers of things from the movie. Um, oh, who's cranking up? Excuse me for yawning. I am really into this movie. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, you had yep. enough? Yeah, you, I had you, enough. You hear one voiceover. Look for a voiceover. Okay. Pizza puke in Italian is what? What was it like? El vomito. <laughs> El vomito. El vomito. So, like I told, I don't know what it is. Like I told you before, this was shot without a permit. Listen, the Roundup is what it's called here on the East Coast, too. I mean, these guys travel. It's generic yeah. rides. Those are fun. I like I like this one where you get the stuck to the wall. Yeah, right, right. And Bruce Springsteen has some song. I'm not a fan, but I know that he's got some song about getting stuck 
Like he was at Asbury Park and he got oh, stepped on the Park, world sure. roundup. Well, they have shitty rides at Asbury Park. I wouldn't write a song about it. Yeah, well, you know. Do they even have rides anymore? Asbury Park? They still have an Asbury right? Park is a no. Asbury Park is a little bit abandoned. Uh, you would have to go to like a Coney Island for that kind of true, true. cheap but permanent playland yeah. setup. Um, there must be something in Atlantic City, right? You can head over there. No, Atlantic City is just the casinos and the poverty. That's it. Uh, now, I mean, I talk like I know, like I live there. But there could be a middle ground. They could have like a carnival for for poor people of Atlantic City. I have been to Atlantic City a million times. I've never bumped into that kind of situation. Yeah. If you go to Asbury Park, you will find like an interior arcade and there's a merry-go-round in it. Um, okay. Oh, that's cool. Now, they filmed the, sh they shot the thing in like three days and they realized we don't have enough feature footage to be feature length. So they tacked on, it wasn't part of the original script. They tacked on a scene in which Buck Flower, right? He probably was like, would you please be in this film? You wrote it. Buck we Flower got your daughter. In warehouse. Right. Buck Flower is in a warehouse and he has, his character has killed the mom and the aunt and now has the daughter. And it's like, I'm going to release you from this world so you're out of pain. It's like, please don't kill me. That's his daughter. Oh. Oh, that's uh, Veronica? Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird name. Her she's name. really acting. You can really see Burkina. her thinking. Burkina. Burkina Flowers, and she's really acting. She's really acting. Like, you can see her, like, oh, I should be really scared right now. She is the daughter. Uh, she is, um, she was memorable as young Molly in Matt Clymer's The Witch Who Came From the Sea. Uh, no idea. Jesus, though. He was the teenager who gets scared by Sasquatch in the capture of Bigfoot. Ooh, that I remember. That was in all the papers when they captured Bigfoot. She was a sickly lass in Beyond Evil. Mm -hmm. He was a party-hardy camper in the raunchous and raunchy summer camp. Costume designer on such movies as Relentless, Cohen and Tate, Overkill and Top Dog. Basically, it's all her dad. Her dad had a gig. Throw a cherry on the top. Oh, no. My daughter could be a part of it. Well, see, this is her film debut. This is introducing uh, Veronica. Uh, I'm surprised I missed that in my research. Is it? Yeah, well, because it said and introducing, which is what you say traditionally when a person makes a film debut. Now, she bit Buck's hand. Yeah, of course, it is uh, introducing. And she, he's got a real legitimate machete because it's got. Yeah, that really he had it right up her neck. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Oh, oh. Did you see that? I see this hamster song. The acne sax. What what didn't weren't you just doing the hamster? No, different song. I'm doing Yakety Sax, aka the theme song to Benny Hill. It depends what generation you are. Anytime someone gets chased by a knife, you can tell the hamster. Oh, the hamster. Well, so people like old people like us will say, "Oh, that's the Benny Hill theme song," and young people will say, "It's the Yakety Sax theme song." I got it offline. 
Look at her. Introducing the actress. So that's her dad, Buck, the, in the flashback? Yeah, that's right. Now he's going... Well, I, I won't... Ruin. Are you not going to ruin it? So is he the murderer in this? Like the guy from the flashback shows... What a great guess. What a great guess. The well, answer I'm is I'm running no. out of people. Okay. Well, don't tell me. I want to be so... All right. I'm dying to tell you, but the movie... I know. I know. I, but the audience and I want to know... Not yet. Oh, look. There's the Ark. Carl, there's the Ark. Of the Covenant? Yeah. It's supposed to be that crazy warehouse the government has. Do you remember the... Um... He threw the bullets and they magnet stuck to the oh, that's like, how we found it. Crystal, crystal skull. Yeah, that saved a lot of time. I don't think I'll ever watch that movie again. I don't think I stop. I go. I can't wait to rewatch Crystal Skull. No, it what it didn't suck. I it mean, suck. people yeah. people acted like it did. But um, I don't know. It, it it held its own in the series. But um, look at look, a, hey, turn it acting. on for a second so you could just see. We're just getting crazy filler in which he's acting like a nut. Yeah. Uh. Yes. Oh, uh, no little girls here. <clears throat> just us old men. That sh machete must not be sharp at all, the way he's massaging it. He pointed it to her fucking neck. Acting, acting, acting. She's acting, she's acting. The machete, ironic because the machete got the Oscar. <laughs> well, they just this is just like they're dragging it out. They want to make it a feature length film, so they got to do an extra scene. They realized last second, and this was day four of filming. Well, so look, they're at the top shop. Uh, the chief is saying, Who are your suspects? And they're saying, Well, Jeremy's out, well, Austin is out. You know, they're going through it. And then he's like, we just got a phone call. There's a crazy person with a sword, but it's really machete at a warehouse. That must be our guy. And they run down there and have this scene, which was. Oh, this is not a flash. This is this is present tense, huh? Yes, they got a phone call. There's a nut in a warehouse. Now, why wouldn't you do a sword? Why wouldn't you do a sword? Why would you do a machete? Why would you? Well, I can understand budget-wise they would shoot it in a warehouse, even though it's yeah. called Drive-In Massacre. I would have just changed the title. This Drive-In and uh, Warehouse Massacre. Warehouse Massacre. Massacre. Well, really, there is no murder here. Oh, we got her on the shoulder. Uh, flower to flower. Okay, so now we hear the sirens coming of the cops, and I've never understood this. When you get close to the crime scene... And there's no cars around that need to get out of the way. <laughs> Why do you let the criminal know? Look at this moron just points. There's a babita in there. And the cinematographer made sure that he was obstructed. It didn't make sense. Well, that there's some guy. Well, I don't know. It's scene of a crime. We're here. So does this mean this movie's going to end? I was just, I'm just kind of getting into nope. it. 
we're not this movie's not ending quite yet oh i was kind of had my fingers crossed no no we're really close it's just that we got this long dragged out scene in which they got to go get buck flower now it's so funny because this is a short movie for us this is maybe an hour and 20 minutes yeah right um and they had to pad the fuck out of it yeah well they they realized they weren't yo i've already told this story. yeah uh an hour 11 is is what this which one is playing. which i love doing movies that are hour and 11. oh what a treat <laughs> <laughs> look at their fake being cautious oh i know this goes these guys like if i was their police sergeant i'd be like get in my office <laughs> you violated every protocol walking down there the way they're fake tiptoeing and i don't know it's just well he points to his eyes with two fingers and then he looks at the guy and he goes yeah what are the what are these they're your eyes thanks i was i forgot what they were <laughs> that's it what's that over there oh that's the wall thanks i'm using the same fingers couldn't you have bought new shoes for this film goodness look how scuffed they are that's what buck was saying listen of the 30 grand budget i think I, my character needs brand new shoes now john koch who's the cop we haven't talked about um he was uh born in san diego and he was uh he's known for this and kane's way and the chain gang women in 71 the thing with two heads dracula oh versus God, that's Frank a classic Frank. yeah rosie greer girls from the thunderstrip 1966 he's he's Everyone in this film is all about the B movies. Never, almost never about the A movies. There was two double head movies. There was like the man with two heads and. The oh, well, that was Greer. No, not Greer. Yeah. The former football guy. Yeah, it was I Rosie remember Greer. that. Rosie yeah. Greer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was in. The, I know that from Golden Turkey Awards, the Michael Medved book, because. Uh -huh. uh, he's he gets his head grafted on a white bigot like a charlie uh, archie bunker and that's oh. the movie okay so now she comes out because he's dead and she's right. like why'd you have to kill him he was my father he didn't mean to kill my mother and aunt he's sick he escaped from the hospital this morning and oh, then the goodness. cops are like oh this isn't our guy he isn't the guy Shit, I am losing the office pool is fucking cashing in on me. He goes, oh, oh. you escaped from the hospital this morning. You was shot. Your, was your father a movie buff? Did he go to the movies a yeah, lot? Did he go to a theater or did he prefer the great California outdoors? You killed my father. I'm very upset. Here we have. Oh, this guy again is going to have a cigarette. Same jacket. All the all the nighttime drive-in stuff was shot in one single night. That explains the, the same outfits. Now, Jeremy is fired. So now, it's really stupid. He's coming to, like, get his paycheck and give the sword collection to Austin or something. He says he has a present in there, uh, but we never see what it is. Now, this woman who runs out, her name is Arlene. She's supposed to be an employee there, and we see her in the very last second of this film. Her name is Jennifer Jacqueline something French, G-I-R-O-U-X. Oh. And 
She's a writer, producer, and director of feature films. She co-founded this global universal film group. She was on Broadway and off-Broadway plays. Uh, she was in a film with Pat Boone and Eric Estrada, lead role. Wow. She was in uh, To Live and Die in L.A. She produced 10 feature films and two movies of the week. She's got 36 actress credits. She is never a big, big, big success, but she has had it sounds success. Sounds like she's been working fine. Yeah, and, that's and she's right. into it. Now, yeah. if you see her on IMDb, it's the same person, just ancient. You see it, like, if you look at her facial features, it's her again, just ancient and with Botox lips. So she's saying, don't go in there. He said he would kill you if he ever saw you again. Oh. Well, you failed. Now look, uh, what is she seeing? Dio oh mio. my God, me, Dio mio! She's oh. the mur. Yeah, they're in front of the projection. Uh, they're in front of the projector, and so the whole audience is seeing someone get killed, including the cops. Well, they're complaining because they didn't. They came into the middle of the film. They don't know. It's kind of hard to understand. Look at this spaghetti, generic spaghetti western. Right. I'm sure it's not generic. Well, you're right, though. It was just driving fair. Now, look at this dumb, dumb thing. They go to the door, and they're, like, holding the door to open it, like a fake tense scene. There's no reason not to just go barging in. I don't know. I mean, it's it's a basement. There's no exits. They go open the it's door, the and the guy's just... Booth. It's the projection booth. But there's a sword guy on the other side. But why is now it okay? Now it's all right. <laughs> oh, Carl. You got it. Oh, Jeremy. No, it's Austin. Austin is chopped up. So obviously really? Jeremy's the killer, they think. Did he so, get decapitated? Because he's got a nice... You could use his head like a bowling ball. <laughs> right. You could do three fingers, the yeah. eyes, and the mouth. Right. So he tells her to get on the speaker and tell everyone to like leave or honk their horn or do something. Like there's a killer on the loose. It's the dumbest thing ever. How did it project it? Like, did they do it in front of the camera, the projection? I guess they did it in front of the projector, and that's why everyone could see. Right. So here's the glass, right? Where the, the image goes out. Here's the projector. There's like a million, there's just an inch in between that. And that's yeah. where they got killed, in that inch. Oh, Jeremy's no. not killer either. Is that Jeremy? I can't yeah. recognize him without his hat. Without his, yeah. Yeah. Boy. Okay. The yeah, census what? blood that they gripped the California driving and spread through other theaters and other countries on Thursday. There's no clues to the killer to identify and no end to the horror in sight. The killer could be anywhere. Anywhere. Anytime. Carl, what the fuck? Now turn up the sound. Yeah. Turn up the sound because you hear the manager of a theater that you're watching this in. There's a murderer in this theater. We're watching the filming. In this very driving? He goes, do not panic. Police are on their way. Oh so my God. nobody. We learned that nobody. That's the, the ending of the movie? We never find out who's the killer. This is no Poirot. Holy shit! I don't know whether to be like aghast or like stunned. I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm giddy. What an ending! Holy cow! 
it's just abruptly Ed saying the murderer never got away and he could be yeah, in this theater. The murderer was never found. And then you hear the manager go, there's a murderer in the theater. Like, I don't know if this film was done well, this stuff would be pretty cool. You know, like, Oh, like Orson Welles and war of the worlds. He, the people thought the radio show was real and the, the radio audience was like moving out of New Jersey. Yeah, that's right. I've yeah. been to that site in New Jersey, Grover's mill. Uh -huh. And there's a little plaque to it. Poor Grover's Mill. Carl, what do you think of the movie, Drive-In Massacre? I think that this movie was so bad, it wasn't up to even your standards of your podcast. That's, I really think... That's yeah. ironic. That's ironic, because I thought this movie was up to my standards. Okay. It's everything I wanted in a movie... Well, you didn't listen to the audio. The audio yeah. reveals that the people in the movie were walking through it. Just, oh, yeah. And they would make a mistake like, listen, English, Mr. English, and they would correct themselves. They never reshot. It, it, well, it was fun to watch on your show yeah, i'm gonna i'm, I'm gonna recommend this movie if you're looking for a decent horror film you can't go wrong with this they really yeah. tried there's Watching like 15 decapitations most movies offer like four or five decapitations this nine nothing... people body count one of them got skewered there were two decapitations only i can't believe it in that cliffhanger <laughs> I'm right. sure the killer has died of natural Noir. causes by now. Jeff I mean, that's... kissed. Jeff kissed. Wow. No. We don't need an ending. Most people have an ending, but not us, my friend. Oh, I just cleared it. Okay, so, well, that was our movie for this week. We hope you enjoyed as much as I did. Wonderwall. Uh, oh, screwed that up, Carl. Uh, yeah. Drive-In Massacre. Next week's movie is Wonderwall. That's the reason why I blurted it. Uh, this is from night. This is not the Oasis song. This is not the second hour of Jesus kind of and Mero. is. Kind of is. Well, they definitely got it from this. Uh, yeah. This is a 1968 movie. The Beatles connection is that George Harrison uh, did the soundtrack. Like they just gave him parts of the movie and he did it. Uh, so we want to. We're going to check out uh, the trailer. And by the way, if you type in Wonderwall in, in YouTube, you're going to get the song Wonderwall. Right. So you may want to add 1968 to it. So in fact, I do. 1968. Screen, screen bound pictures? Uh, screen bound pictures. Or do you, surf, I see Surf Styly looks kind of cool. Okay, let me go back to Surf. Surf Style Y4. I don't. Yes, I do. Surf style Y four. Yeah. I'm pressing pause. I'm just going back to zero zero zero. All right. I'm going to catch up with you. Okay. Let me get the sound rocking. Here in the studio, Muni Radio. Uh, ready? In three, two, one, go. That's Harrison. Wonderwall the movie, not the Oasis song. Not the, the Oasis song, which hasn't come out yet. Is that a mermaid? It is a mermaid. Good call. Oh, it's that George. So he must be a scientist. Maybe I'll try to pitch you on a guest for this uh, 
Oh, there must be a Beatle fan or something. There is a huge Beatle fan, and he is my son. He's a George Harrison fan. Oh, absolutely. Do you really want to drag your son into this podcast? Well, you're right to say drag. He might go like, Dad, I don't want to be part of your dumb thing. Yeah, uh-huh. That's actually an advantage for us. <laughs> so there's there's holes in the wall, but we haven't seen that yet. Well, he gets to see like a uh, silhouette of a dancing oh, girl. Oh, he projects. Uh, oh, he uses the light to make a like a silhouette, like one of those. It's a it's a wall, all right, a wonder wall. Music by George Harrison. Yeah, I turned it off. I was sick. Uh, hey, I don't know about this movie. Can I? Yeah, you're not interested anymore. No, we're gonna see it. It's a '60s uh, hippie film from England. We love '60s hippie films, and we love when rock stars are stars. Movies. That's not exactly what this is. No, I don't know what this movie is. Well, we saw huge cigarettes, so I guess yeah. I call them cigars. Oh, it says tune in. Okay, tune on. Okay, drop in. Drop sure. out. No, drop in to see the wonder. Wow. So they were playing on the Tom Leary pop culture. Yeah, right. Reference. Yeah, real selective audience. Kind of look like anime. Oh yeah, Jesus sounds like a slaughterhouse. Just kill those fucking animals already. Well, that's our movie next week. It's Wonderwall. A creepy dude drills holes and looks at his next door neighbor with hippie shit. I'm looking forward to it. All oh, right. This was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for researching Drive In Massacre. Uh, and we uh, hope to see you next week. Tune in next week. Uh, we'll drop in the podcast Sunday night. You can listen to us first uh, here on Muni Radio.fm at 2 p.m. CarlSucks.com is all news about Carl. Uh, which sucks. Which sucks. And uh, that's about it. You could learn more about me at carlsucks.com. I think. Uh, <laughs> well, your podcast is referenced. Yeah, the podcast is referenced. Perfect. Great. All right. Thank you, Carl. Thank, Thank you. you, audience. We'll see you next week. Next week. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Hi, this is Carl. underscores. You know, I love going to restaurants downtown, turning your frown around, and like everybody, falls countdown. <laughs> hey, I'm ready to crumb up. Now let's watch a full-length
on a lark and peeing in the park. You should follow me on Twitter. It's jokes to Carl. That's the duh of Francais, not the duh of dumbass. But never mind that. Don't follow me now. Follow me later. I mean, for right now. Ah, let's watch a full-length movie on you. Welcome to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Let's watch a full hyphen <laughs> length movie on YouTube. One but, word with Mike Spiegelman word. and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hi. I liked your hyphen. I had to throw in the hyphen in full length. It's true to life, you know, it's, using the hyphen. A lot of people ask me about our show. By the way, welcome to our show. Uh, Carl's here. I, my name is Mike. Our show is Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube here on Mutiny Radio. We're here every Sunday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We stream first on mutinyradio.fm. In the heart of the San Francisco Admission District, what a great shows they have. Go type in mutinyradio.fm. Discover the station uh, and donate. They have several, they have fundraisers, they have Venmo, there is a Patreon page. Do us a favor, throw it in, maybe check out the podcasts uh, on the website. We are also a podcast, we do it by our acronym, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Uh, you can find us on uh, your, any of your podcast subscribers, subscriptions, and we also have a YouTube channel. We watch a full-length movie on YouTube. We talk through the entire movie. We want you to watch the movie and listen to us at the same time. If you don't have that patience, just go to our YouTube channel where Carl has meticulously synced up our podcast to the movie we are watching. Carl, what is the movie we are watching this week? Today we will watch The Christian Licorice Store. Yes, uh, yes, we're going to do that. The Christian Licorice Store. Now, licorice is L-I-C-O rice. L-I-C-O-R-I-C-E. 1971. Okay, so we are going to go. And uh, who? which channel is this movie on? We like Dino Luca Maria Carboni. Oh, all right. With the accent? Um, Dino Luca Maria Carboni. Luca Maria Caboni is the subscription channel on YouTube that is hosting the licorice. The, the Chinese, no, not the Chinese licorice store, the Christian <laughs> licorice store. Man, I have I have three, four questions already <laughs> just for the four word title. All right. Uh, so we want you to find that link, find the, the version, click the link. Hit pause immediately. We're going to pause it, and we want you to move it to the left. And when you hear go, click go. 
Well, we're very excited. We have a celebrity comedian who will say go as part of our feature Celebrity Comedian Countdown. This gives you a chance to find the movie on YouTube. This gives you a chance to learn about a comedian. Celebrity. And countdown. A celebrity comedian. That's right. We've had some good celebrity comedians, Carl. I don't yeah. hear them before we, we record, but I was just listening to our most recent episode, and I don't know. This shit's interesting. You're pretty good at this shit, dude. Yeah, I know what to ask, and I know who to ask it of. Uh -huh. and of course, the best interview I've ever done is Andy Quinn. Oh, yeah, you can find it. It's very easy to find what movie and who our guest star is by going to the website and taking a guest because our podcasts are listed by the date we broadcast on mutinyradio.fm. All right, take it away, Carl. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Celebrity Comedian, Comedian Countdown, this time with Johnny Hollywood. Johnny! Hey, loud dog, yay! Okay, so you are a for real ass comedian. You've been on Impractical Jokers. We've seen you on True TV. One of the things I'm impressed with you about is even though you're a real comedian out there doing gigs, you have yeah. the balls to show up at all these open mics. Try out your mater new material. Mingle with these open micers. Yeah, I guess I do that. Now, one of the things I'm impressed with you about is you have this incredible drive to be in stand-up. I mean, you don't even have a day job. Who <laughs> says you need a day job, Carl? If you have a drive to be a stand-up comedian, usually it's important that you don't have a day job. That way, you're up at night, you're available, you can be out there and... And, and, uh, and you know, working on it every night, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Paul, Paul used... Paul, uh, no filter Paul used to tell a joke about uh, my wife says I don't see her anymore, and I'm like, that's great because I'm only doing comedy uh, eight days a week. <laughs> At one of those gigs, I think it was in, uh, uh, not Garfield, it was in Elmwood Park. I, I sang the Beatles song eight days a week. It was right. Paul's got a good marriage because he's out there doing comedy eight days a week. You're very good. That yes. got a roar, but it was an inside joke, right? Sure. That's, that's, you know, that's a lot legs. of the problems with open mics. All, <laughs> a lot of it gets inside. It gets really clicky, and the guys don't have any ambition to do more than that open mic. They become professional open micers. Um, you should definitely be spreading it out and going to as many different open mics as possible. I mean, I used to drive literally like 45 minutes to an hour, sometimes three hours, just to go to a different open mic. Okay, so now it is time for everyone at home to watch this movie with us. They got to press play at the exact time as we do. So let's hear a paced comedian countdown with Johnny Hollywood right now. Three, two, one, go. Oh, let's crank up the music. I got the audio. Oh, uh, we want to give a shout. I really. Uh... Is that That's the great tunnel or the or the Bay Area after the Golden Gate Bridge? Well, Robin New, Jersey, New Jersey comic, you've seen a lot of tunnels, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You gotta go with it up. Oh, uh, my fans, it's a bridge and tunnel crowd. This looks like uh, Marin County, north uh, when you take the Golden Gate Bridge, you yeah. have to go through a tunnel. The San... Right, but and especially the hills, how they're all barren wilderness. It's California. It, this must be a metaphor or a simile. Well, you know, I, 
I don't know. You see, the beginning of a film is supposed to give you atmosphere and mood, but right. we're really not coming back here. We are getting atmosphere and mood. It establishes this California. There's a tunnel that you go, and at the end of the tunnel, uh-oh, it looks like someone got fucked up. There's construction. Danger. Danger. Yeah. So it's symbolic. What a ballsy little director. <laughs> well, this guy, you should like him. He directed half of the Monkees episodes. Okay. I like him. Well, he done then Pop Sensibility. And that has to be Los Angeles, right? Oh, how barren. It's got to be L.A., yeah. yeah. Okay, now we're about to see the end of the film. Oh, like in Fox uh, Lux, Lux Fox. Have you seen that movie? It's I good. guess no. Fox Lux. It starts at the ending and it rolls the end credits at the beginning of the film. Fox Lux. B-O-X-L-U-X. And I'm okay. sure I got the title wrong. Look oh. out, dude. DeLorean's going to get fucked up. Yeah, now look, it's not the construction site we saw a minute ago. Oh, oh, we got psyched out. They showed us the wrong tunnel, potentially. I think that's a stuntman. Yeah, that's a stuntman. That's not <clears throat> Bo Bridges. It could be a Bo Bridges-looking stuntman. Right. Like they exist. Oh, this must be the tunnel. Yeah. Now we're at the in beginning. modern day. Okay. We just saw the ending, but now we're at a tennis match. Why? Oh, and there's Bo. Right. Now, I'm sure that, like, there's a vendor who's like, licorice, get your licorice. Get your stuff. Available every Sunday. Not available. The meat version, not available on Fridays. Right? They don't sell beef jerky at the licorice, the Christian right. licorice store on Fridays. Not on there's no the meat. meat. No. It's Lent. Oh, what? A, this guy fucked up. He's a professional tennis player. Carl, cut to the chase. What the fuck is a, li a Christian licorice, licorice store. store? I'm not going to cut to the chase. God. All right. As an audience member, I'm intrigued. You name your now, movie. We're waiting for the licorice vendor. You know, when you go play see tennis, they always come around. Licorice. Get, you could get Twizzlers. They frown on it, but you can. They frown on it. Yeah. Now there's, okay. When I first saw this movie, I've, this is four. Okay. I uh, thought it was Jeff Bridges. Well, Bo Bridges is a handsome man, and uh, he was a handsome man as a young man as well, as you can yeah. see. Yeah, he definitely, uh, he still looked like he did, you know, at the height of his popularity. But I thought it was just a super young Jeff Bridges, so right. I incorrectly watched the beginning of this film because he turns his face, and it's not, it's not Jeff, it's Bo. So I was be looking at him like, he, gosh, he was young. Well, we haven't so seen we haven't seen the opening credits, so we don't know which bridges this could be. So you were probably you like, seen this film. All right, you've seen this film four times. I've seen it once. Okay. Once. Okay. Did so I make heads? All the reporters are like, "You won today. What's? Give me your yeah. scoop." Now it's just overkill for the reality of how many people would be there. Okay. I mean, think about how many sports magazines are here. There's Sports Illustrated, Sports Monthly, Sports Weekly, right. Daily Sports. The Daily Sports Sports, sports Racing Tip uh, Sheet. There's Illustrated Sports of... Oh, man. It was rough. Before Sports Illustrated, people right. had to read text-only Sports Monthly. Oh, no. Oh, God, so what a headache. Pictures, right? 
Well, sometimes they would use the letters to make like a tennis player, like using a <laughs> creative. It was you on know. that purple paper. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mimeographs, <laughs> stapled. <laughs> it was part of the Prince Center uh, thing. So he's the mentor. Okay. So this yeah. guy is a former tennis star and he is the coach. Okay. His name's JC and he'll be a big part of our film. In reality, he's a guy who was in silent films and made the transition into sound. One of the few who actually did it. That's cool. What yeah. a cool guy. So we're, we're actually being introduced to him from one of the talkies he did later in his career. Right. Now his yeah. name's Gilbert Rolland. He's Mexican and he stopped in the eighties, but he started in the twenties. Wow. Yeah. I'd love to check more of him out. He was uh, in the Cisco Kids series. Duh. That was a big deal. Mm -hmm. And he was in uh, When We Were Strangers, Bad and the Beautiful, Thunder Bay. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't seen him. He was a big guy at the time. Did Spaghetti Westerns, too. Now he's a tennis player mentor. Okay. Now, we're looking at Maude Adams. And in okay. this movie, her name is Cynthia, which is the name of my comedian wife okay Carl, i'm so disappointed that you did not say then came on then came on you had to get the i'm getting that one out of the way the mod and then came mod i don't get the joke there's alan arbus not right now in the red sweater i don't get the joke there was a tv show that i never saw because it wasn't syndicated when i was watching tv called mod m-a i remember mod so the then came Maude. Is that the it's name the theme of song. Oh, that's the theme song? Right. I rarely checked out that show. It, it was wasn't really on that much. Archie Bunker spinoff. Yeah, so it was Archie Bunker, and then it was the Jeffersons, uh, right? They were neighbors or something? Yes. And then... Uh, I don't know. Yeah, they moved in. Yeah. Uh, and then there was... Uh, oh, go ahead. Well, we're just meeting Maude Adams and we're meeting Alan Arbus. Now, Maude, I'm just going to call her, uh, Erica? Can I call her Cynthia? Cynthia. Okay. And, yeah. and, and he's Monroe. So like, he's, I don't know what his job is or anything, but she's a photographer. And as she's leaving the like carnival circus thing, they just took photos of, she goes, call me to Alan Arbus. So we're introduced to him as a love interest of Maude, okay? Alan Arbus, right? So that's like Barney Miller, right? I don't know, I've, I've seen his face. Well, I know- We saw him in Palace, Palace, uh, Gunther's uh, Palace, uh, Greaser's Palace. Oh, Robert Downey Sr.'s film. He Greaser's was Palace. the Jesus character who came down in the parachute. Yeah. Oh, great. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, of course. He was on the yeah. fucking poster. I got you. I remember him. Now, this is a Hollywood party. And Carl, I've only seen this once, so I have no idea. But I figure that these are all real mm -hmm. Hollywood people because half the, the cast are actual directors, like good directors. That's exactly directors. right. This is... The director called in a lot of favors, but mostly the producer, the executive producer, called in a lot of favors. Um, his name was um, uh, Michael Laughlin. Mike, no, uh, well, I'll talk about it in a minute. 
Sure. We are seeing a who's who, and I failed you as a researcher. No, no, Carl, I'm telling you, this is this would we would have to watch this film more than four times. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Look for Howard Hessman from WKRP in Cincinnati, who was okay. also in our munchies. The voice, but voice only in munchies. Director Monty Hellman, who was going to direct this film but didn't like the script, but knew the author, he's in it. Do, uh, do you do you recall where he is? You know, we saw one of his films. Monty Hellman, which yeah. one? Uh, a little film called Cock Fighter. Oh wow, that was yeah. Going back. So he and he did two lane. Uh, high, high fuck. Uh, two lane. Yeah, uh, two lane. Blacktop. Blacktop. And that was written by the same guy who wrote ours, and that's oh. how we got him to be in it. Like, well, that's pretty cool. He, and this he, is he kind of a monkey thing. It. Yeah. So we're seeing a really a who's who of Hollywood in 1969. That's really what year this was shot. Uh, George Krigo, Robert Kaufman, Barney Miller creator Ted Flicker. Wow. Um, you see, our director came to LA as a actor first, and he was an improv group that had uh, Ted Flicker in it and other names you'd know. George Siegel, um, Buck Henry was in it. The group was called The Premise. And so just through his networking, you know, years later, he's doing a movie with, uh, you know, he's, so Ted Flickers in the party. He'd go on to make Barney Miller. And of course, we know Alvin, Alan Arvis was on it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, all right. That's cool. Well, I this have to say, cool. it's funny you say like he's a monkeys writer because it right. does have a structure. It's a really weird experimental, yeah. like yeah. first film. I made a first film structure like this right now we're being introduced at a hollywood party right and it's just and we haven't even seen the credits yet so he is a he directed uh he didn't write anything here he directed the monkeys like oh he directed the monkeys yeah. yeah so he's a big deal and he pretty much just let the camera go uh you know follow you know who that guy is that robert england no I don't know, man. I really failed you as a reason. No, don't even worry about it. I, I recognize him from my cologne bottle. <laughs> it should be when I go to that guy, I say, there's Frank Thompson and there's Bill. I should be but able I feel to like we should be able to do that if we watch this film continuously. Like, I think if I watch this film several times and I could figure out who's who, that's how I would do it. Here's this is, yeah, go ahead. So we didn't see Howard Hessman, did we? Yeah, I don't know. So this is interesting. Good thing of the director. Here's our opening credits. It's 12 minutes into the film. And they're like, the viewing of our film will be in the projection room downstairs. And now we're seeing the credits of our film. It's pretty cool. But it's our film is the character who's in the audience. The movie opens with the characters in the audience watching their own film. Right. With, uh, with the actors. Uh, uh, his Two name. of them, yeah. Yeah, but these are real names. You know, Lalo Strzokin did the music. He's not. A, these are real people. Bill Bridges. So I, I, I don't know. Like Carl, I think this is a great stunt this director did. Like yeah. by pulling this, like having, like you're in Hollywood, you're gonna die in Hollywood. <laughs> you see the way you're gonna die. It starts off with you in Hollywood, and Hollywood presents your story, and that's the way you open the credits. My thing is, where do you go from there? Like once you set up such a great opening where it's so self-consciously opening a movie, once that scene is opening scene is done, 
you know, you better have a great next scene. Otherwise, that deflates the entire movie because we just yeah. went through this like self-conscious, you know, meta cool, but trick, you know, it should deliver next. And directors do that, but it's just sometimes you see a movie where, eh, you know, like it's clever, you know. You should write your movie backwards. Did you ever see Pootie Tang where it starts off, he's talking like Bob Costas, and they have a clip from the movie and they show the entire movie. And at the end, they, they go back to the, the set. And he goes, oh, we were just going to play the trailer. We just played the whole movie. And it was, you know, that was, you know. I did see that film, but I guess I blanked that film out because it was really bad. And so I didn't, like, it, you know, like, it's not just a bad reputation. You watch that film and you're like, I don't want to watch it. It's, you want to yeah. Okay, so now we have the inciting incident, okay? And it's kind of late in our film, but boy meets girl. That's what happens here. That what the, This movie is about not, their relationship. Yeah, I think they have chemistry in this movie, right? I mean, like, they're going to... It's, it's, I like Mud Adams, and Young Bob Bridges is good. And they were sexually attracted to each other in real life. Oh. Yeah. Sources, uh, anonymous sources say on set. Well, I mean, Bridges says it, the director said it. This one woman called up the director and had an inter phone interview with him about this movie. The guy was 85 years old in Palm Springs. I don't wow. know what year this was. He, maybe he passed on. I'm not sure. But he, that interview really gave me a lot of insight. Oh, no shit. Film. Yeah. Did he talk about, was it theatrically released or was it just in film? Festival? Well, I mean, he didn't really talk about that. He was a little embarrassed about it. It's theatrical release was horrible. Uh, first of all, they didn't like the movie and they sat on it for two years. This thing was shot in 69 and done. Um, the film opened November 24, 71 at the Paris Theater in Boston, four theaters in Detroit. It was also in 71 screened in Greenwich Village. Huh. That's it. And it also never came out on DVD or VHS. I know. That's the crazy part. I'll tell you how I found this film. I was looking for another film, and I believe it was on the channel, the Dino, our friend Dino channel. And right. uh, I, I, as I do, I always check the, the channel's uh, videos. What yeah, yeah, what else do you have? And there was this, and I couldn't believe it. Look at this, Mahala Drive, right? Right. I don't know if it's Mulholland Drive. I don't know. It has to be. It has to be. You're a Los Angeles native. You remember this. Well, sure. I lived in Growing Los up Angeles. in Los Angeles. Yeah. You lived off of Mulholland Drive. You can still see far. You can still see your tent over there. Look right there. Your tent right <laughs> off the side of the road. Uh, where do you live in Los Angeles? Well, off of Mulholland Drive. The good old days, you used to be able to hang out that Hollywood sign and drink bourbon. Oh, yeah. Nowadays. Right. Nowadays, okay, they're... this was filmed, it says in Houston, Texas, and I think that's the trip, but uh, William Pereira's L.A. CMA and theme building, Johnny's Coffee Shop, all L.A., Pacific Coast Highway, Soledad Canyon, Morro Rock. Um, I didn't get down to the specifics. I didn't find them of like, okay, sure. they're on Mulholland Drive now. But they're in Los Angeles. They're not in Texas, right? Right. They're going to take it. They're going to separate for a trip, and I guess he goes to Texas. Right. So what's happened here is everyone went downstairs to watch the film, but not Maud. She, on purpose, bumps into Bo. That's what I'm saying. 
to so the main character, the characters get to see a movie about themselves, but they leave oh, and they don't watch the movie. No. If had they stayed, they would have realized they're going to die in that tunnel. No, they never went to the movie. No, he was in the audience. He but he saw him on. He's like, I like that. I'm gonna I'm gonna go check out this lady. <laughs> and he gets up and he leaves his own movie. He stayed for the opening, the title where it said Bo Bridges. This movie's intense. So they hook up there and don't and she go she, he she goes he goes, Don't you want to didn't you want to see the movie? And she says, I wanted to wait and see what you did. Like, you know, letting him right. know. I mean, they're just met, right? And she goes, well, he goes, well, like, did I make the right choice? And she goes, I think so. So they went to cook at her house, and now they're going to become a couple. But they don't eat the food, right? They won't eat the food. Well, how do they cook for nothing? Hey, come on, you want to come over to my place and make a dinner? Yeah, sure. What's for dinner? Uh, I don't know. Next. <laughs> uh, some carrots. I don't want to cook something. Of course, they have a candle. They no. sat on this movie because this movie has yeah. like a vibe of like, this is my first film. Yeah. Like, you know, but it's, it takes so many great hits, swings, you know, like even, you know, it's, it's, it's cool. I don't know. It does scene. do some good things. Now, there is a dream sequence. It's the best thing about the film, I think. Um, when we get to that scene, I'll tell you. Okay. Does the, in the dream sequence, is there a Christian licorice store? <laughs> All right. I'll just tell you. There's a guy who's a song, uh, like a folk singer kind of person, like one of those singer songwriters with a guitar. And he's in the film. <clears throat> he's got a song uh, called Pleasant Street. Pleasant Street. Okay. okay. It says... The lyrics are, you don't remember what to say, you don't remember what to do, you don't remember where to go, you don't remember what to choose. You wheel, you steal, you feel, you kneel down, and all the stony people walking around in Christian licorice clothes, I can't hesitate, I can't wait for Pleasant Street. That's it. Christian licorice clothes became Christian licorice store. There's no reason. So the lyrics are about a guy who feels... Uh, alienated from people hating him, but he doesn't care about your moral clothes. And that's what he's about. That's a Bo Bridges thing. This is what yeah. he never saw. He, he should have stayed for the, they should have stayed for the movie, like, and they would have lived. You it would have been a sequel. Okay, the guy who wrote this and was a producer is called Floyd Mutbox. Vroom, vroom. And he picked the name. He, you remember the Hollywood Nights in 1980? Yeah, right. I haven't seen it. I know of it. Oh, you never saw it? Oh, okay. I, I think pause, it's, I read about it. Go and find Hollywood Nights. You should see that. So I think he was you know, still in. All right, he's still in. So anyway, he made that film. That's um, okay. I won't go on about him. It's just that he had a big part in have, making this thing happen. Oh, look, it's Wilson from uh, Castaway. Yeah, it's his yeah. first ever. This is his premiere film. He's not credited. Not credited. Okay? Well, yeah, I mean, ironically, it is. Tennis racket. He said, Joke. like, yeah, can I at least have my name in the movie? And they said, all right. Bonds. John. John I. Johnny. Johnny. Oh, multiple Johnnies. Johnnies. 
Look at that. I bet that place does not exist. So now we're having a montage of two men about town. Let's get some roasted chicken for a dollar of twenty-five. And I think all they're trying to do is say, this guy's his mentor. He's right by his side. He's his partner through everything. Look, they're reading the newspaper in a diner. I'm so glad I went to this movie. <laughs> I never have a chance to see that on the big screen instead of walking by it on the, on the street. Uh, did you see Marmaduke? That was really funny. You see how he was swiping? Like, even though it was a manual thing, like when you turned the pages, when you yeah. read the paper, you were swiping. We invented swiping. Well, you notice that he went to the very corner and pulled it because it was like dog-eared already. Right, right. Yeah. And then eating a hot dog and then going to a payphone. Yeah. Now, she, Maude Adams was a model and she only had eaten a hot dog because the, the director said, roll them. You know she didn't eat hot dogs. At this point in my life, I would not eat a hot dog and then go to a payphone. I would probably like pace myself. <laughs> I would not walk into a payphone with a hot dog. No, you know, maybe I'm older. You know, Stan Lee? It's yeah, a guy. Stan Lee cameo. Oh, almost yeah. every Harvey Twins. Hugh Hefner having a beer. Now, Maude Adams was, um, she broke, she was a model, but she broke into film pretty quick. She was in Rollerball as the love interest, not the love interest, like a sort James of wife Con. of James Caan, yeah. Yeah, she oh. said, honey, what are you, where are you going? Right. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to go outside. I'll be right back. Yeah. You're right. going to go no, Rollerball. No, but she, that scene, she, he was, he let her go. She oh, was yeah. a, right? She was I don't a, remember that movie. Oh, okay. Um, but really, she was a Bond girl. The man right. with the golden gun, Octopussy, she was an extra in A View to a Kill. She was just there to meet, to see Roger Moore, and they they made was her an the same. Was she the same character? No. No. Was she Octopussy? She was, n okay. Um, I saw Octopussy, I don't remember. I don't remember that movie. She, uh... She was the only actress to play a title role in a Bond movie, which she did in Octopussy in 83. Boom. She played secondary Bond girl in The Man with the Golden Gun. Uh, and she was visiting Roger Moore, and they just put her in the film in The View to a Kill. Nice. Okay, so they met each other at the party. They had a little, you know, sex. Uh -huh. And we saw a day of the two of them apart, and now they're taking a drive together. And we're going to now meet the legendary director, um, uh, Renoir, Jean Renoir. Jean Renoir. Jean Renoir. Now, the thing is, the credits don't say France, like the, this was a filming location, but I mean. This is France? I don't the interior? know. Jean, okay, Jean Renoir was a very famous director lived of French films. He's actually the son of, you know, Renoir, that artist. Yeah, um, and the only film I know of is his Grand Illusion, and I don't even think I've seen it. Uh, yeah, La Grande Illusion, 1937. Oh, yeah. Rules of the Game, no? Yeah, he, he, oh, really, for Monopoly and Scrabble? I love his work. <laughs> I'm very familiar. And, His Citizens uh, of Catan was genius. So he, the executive producer's wife, 
was a family friend of the Renoirs in France. She was like a French lady, a Claudia, blah, 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 blah. And um, so they just asked him. He called in all these favors. He agreed to do it. I can't see him flying all the way to L.A. to do it, but this was the last major motion picture he was in, even though its release was so pathetic. This is his last. And he's just talking about life. Yeah, he's talking about a book he's writing, and he's complimenting Maud on how pretty she is. And she's, he's saying that he sees the two of them being a couple, and he goes like, Marry her. You will be happier for all your days. Go ahead, li- listen to him if you want. Okay. Marry her. <laughs> live the rest of your life with her day. Yeah. About tomorrow, about today. So, I will right. my book. Uh, I guess that's the beginning of it. I'm witnessing now. <laughs> See, there's the talking about them being together. But it, okay, but it, so Wait, go ahead, keep it up, keep it up. To have the limitation and to stand the screen, you should also walk in real life together. Uh, this is just one take, you and you're going to put it in the movie. It's a single take. I'm not going to reshoot my my conversation. Chicken, chicken. That's wonderful. You don't need it. Hey, how how come that uh, tree is so strangely shaped? Because this tree died, you know, the, the big trunk, which is so beautiful in the middle, is a dead tree. And this tree, even being dead, had a certain uh, lust for life. Now, you're right about this, the scene. It was a one-take scene. It was completely improvised. The only thing the director wanted was Jean Renoir in his, his um, Pierre-Auguste Renoir in his film. Sort of like bragging rights. So he talked about it in that interview in his retirement home. Jean Renoir was a favor. He's like a Picasso, one of the great men of all time, a great filmmaker. So we allowed, we were allowed to be in his house for the afternoon. That's why I think it's in France. Makes sense. The one of the partner. And you, that, that is, that's not a secret. Now, be on the lookout for Colonel Henry Blake. The internet tells me this is his first film ever. He plays a character called Smallwood. I never saw him once, and I saw this film three times. The Renoir thing, I I saw this once. When he was talking, I was really interested, like, he was talking about them. But then I realized, like, he's a famous person. Right. Uh, He's a famous director, and he's made better movies. The same thing as Monty Hellman. It's like, it just, and then... He then I'm like I get back to what he's saying and I have no idea what he's saying because he's just rambling <laughs> about. So I, that's what I was going to bring up. But I, I'm sorry about that, Carl. Now this guy also did the Muppet movie. This director. Oh, great. So you see, he would be go on to do great things. Now the thing is, he directed 58 episodes of The Monkees and then he shot this film. He's only 33 years old here. He would go on to do, like, Cagney and Lacey, Smallville, Judging Amy, Ghost Whisperer. You know, he was out there. Oh, yeah, check this out, Mike. His father 
was Fred Mertz in in I Love Lucy. There you go. That's his dad. That's how I know. That's his connection to Renoir. Then he's like, oh, yeah, I'm a big I Love Lucy fan. <laughs> My favorite is that unhappy couple. They would uh, walk into the house together. That's my dad. Now, we never saw Fred Mertz's bedroom because they slept in a, the same bed. They weren't in separate beds. They were not happy. Like Lucy and, Rick, and Ricky, they were happy because they, they slept in separate beds. Right, exactly. And, you know, Lucy had her sleep apnea machine, and that proposed its own challenges. Oh, yeah. So they had separate beds. They couldn't say sleep apnea machines back in the 50s. They would have to, like, say, oh, that event. <laughs> Very controversial. It was the first sitcom to bring it up. Now, this is really, like, I don't know. I think we're supposed to think of it as, like, their relationship, them sharing. But in truth, it's Bo Bridges talking about his childhood. Like, okay, now we're they're going to separate because... Bo is going on a trip, and so she'll be home alone while he is, I guess this is when they go to Texas, while he plays a match. And the thing is, like, they have very separate experiences, but they both, like, go on dates. Are there birds over by you? Oh, do you hear birds? Yeah. Yeah, they're always around. I had the windows open. The whole neighborhood could hear me. Now, look, you remember airplane food? Right. Yeah, you get it with a side of wine. I guess they're in first class, but people don't know that in coach, you would get a meal. You would get a sort of TV dinner kind of meal. That's a very TV dinner looking meal. Yeah. Well, they got a lot of anemones. Look, there's a pay rotary phone right behind them. Like now, if you what wanna... he's saying is, like, you got they want you to do a commercial. And he goes, should I do it? And he's like, eh, you know what? I mean, he was a tennis player. He's not a manager like, yeah, he wants money. He's more of a manager. I don't know if it's a real person in the real world. But, but he's advising him not to take the commercial. Just focus on tennis. Like a Wheaties box? Yeah, that kind of thing. I think it was for a hairspray. He goes, I don't even use hairspray. And he goes, I know, that didn't seem to discourage them. <laughs> this is pretty cool. It's like, you're a silent movie star, and then you're like, yeah, I get to play a first-class traveler. Now, he started in the 20s, and talkies came what? Late 20s, early 30s? Late, yeah, right. So... We saw like um, Harry Langdon from the twenties and the General and and uh, Buck F Fatty Arbuckle on our show, so like he came from that era. But we really don't know what his parts were. It might have been that he wasn't a star and he couldn't real he didn't have a problem to transition to talkies because he wasn't one of the stars of right. science. And he has a good voice. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's another Wilson. Ripped his head right off, poor Wilson. Ooh, I always wanted to know what it was like to, to play tennis in the early 70s. Oh, late 60s. Yeah, this is 1969, yeah. 
You have to wear Izod sweater. Right. No. It's tennis. Yeah. Boing, boing. Good taunt. Yeah, these bands feel good. Everything looks all right. <laughs> now, the oh, right. wife of this executive producer, she also got Maud Adams to be in this film. She did a lot for this uh, this this uh, movie. When I watched this film, and I, I only watched it because it looked like a talkie. I just wanted to make sure I knew what they were saying. Uh -huh. but he goes, uh, okay, M or W, when they're picking who serves first. And, oh, then, right. uh, and then he spun the Wilson racket. So the M, the W turned into an M while it spun, and then it stopped, and then it was so-and-so. I, I, I didn't even notice. I noticed that the very first time I watched it ever, but I forgot about it. I didn't even notice that other times. And it's kind of weird. I guess that's a standard thing. You would know if you were a tennis person, right? Right. You think everyone here was excited playing extras in uh, the Christian liquor store? They signed a release form. <laughs> there was a craft service table. Here's another thing. Before the match, they're friendly lobbing a ball together, you know, volleying a ball. Does that sound right either? In tennis, you... I don't know, you know... I came to, I was very disappointed in my first uh, tournament when I went there. I was yeah. like, oh, I thought there was going to be sets. <laughs> like, I had my list. I you had ready. your five minutes ready. Yeah, yeah. There's no sets tonight? And yeah. wow! Whoa, we got him. He got, oh, he got him good. Golf clap. Golf clap. Okay, he's winding up and pit, pitch. Oh, it's, he got him. A lot of the stuff so far in this film is impressive. That shot of the plane going up and the fact that Bo Bridges is playing tennis. Like, you know, what? how many actors do you know would be like, okay, uh, I'll play tennis. I'll learn tennis <laughs> for a role. I wouldn't. Uh, money's money. He was young. Yeah. Maybe he knew how to play tennis. I guess uh, the real Bo Bridges was a basketball player of, and a big deal, even though he wasn't a tall person. Um, I don't have it in front of me, but he played college ball and he was offered like an NBA thing, seriously. But he became an actor instead. Um, all my write-up about him here is all about his family, you know. Who's his dad? Who's his brother? Yeah. Whack. Whack. Ew. Ew. Ah. Gross. Oh, phew. Let me get out of here. Ooh, ah. Now we're with Maude, and who should be there but Creepy Monroe? Now, Monroe yeah. is a jerk in this film. Like, she's like, call me. He's trying to, like, get in her pants, but at the same time, he he, he nags her. It's, it's weird. Looks like he's trying to get into her wardrobe. I mean, they almost match. Oh, he, yeah, yeah he, what, he berates her? Yes. Uh, no, berate means, like, basically he criticizes her. You smoke too much. You you need to make a dis I, I don't know. He, like, yeah. badgers her. And he's on a date with her. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, see if it works, I guess. Not going to work. Now, Bo is 
Okay. You see JP's making notes. It's JC. JC's making notes. His note is his name is Jonathan Carruthers. JC. I thought he was scratching a scratcher. <laughs> oh, you thought it was uh what's a scratcher? Like a one of those lottery cards. Oh, he's doing a scratch off. Well, he's got a pen. Oh yeah. So he's writing. And find a quarter. Bo Bridges is like fucking up in this match. Wow, we flew over to Texas to watch him screw up. I guess this is exciting. So so far, there's a storyline, right? Uh, the storyline is boy meets girl. So the storyline so far is this guy's a up and coming tennis player. He's got a good mentor, coach, person. He meets a girl. They go on a date. It looks like they're going to get together. They meet Renoir, and now they're separated. Now, when right. he gets back, it's the first time he's a little mean to her, you see. See, Bobo just keeps losing. He keeps missing the ball. You probably realize he sucks in tennis. Like, what am I doing here? It's good. This is a story plot. Usually they, they win. Right. We've seen that before. Like the bowling film we saw. Yeah. And like just win, win, win. The, that sports montage of him losing. I like the 80s song that they were. You're a loser. Do, do, do. Get on the church court and lose. Zero love for you. Well, Lisa. this was filmed in 69, so they were playing the Beatles song. Oh, yeah. How did that go? I'm a loser. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm a loser, and I'm not what I appear to be. Well, then what's the Tim Buckley song? Maybe we could get some loser in there. Uh, the Tim Buckley song will be played, and you could turn up the music sure. when, yeah, Maud will be taking pictures of him. Is is uh, Monroe with her? Monroe is not. Monroe's going to go away after he acts like an asshole at dinner. All right. Hey, loser. Yeah, well, it, we're in the middle right now, and he's giving him, you're not following through on your backhand. Backhand. This, you're playing his game. He's got to play your game. Okay. It, turn it up, because he's going to berate Maud. Like, I think you're right to use that word. I don't know if you're right. No, it's negative. There's a term for it. I know how to take care of myself. Don't get involved. He's, he's on a date. That's a good point. You please. I know a friend of my life. Keep it on, keep it on. Say it. You also smoke too much. Okay, that's good. I just wanted you to hear what a jerk he was. But look, now I failed you as a researcher. I cannot find out who that man is on stage. It looks like- Oh, no problem. This place is so weird. Okay, I've only seen this Texas. film once. 
it's like a nightclub or a guy's house or something. So, oh no, it's a nightclub right here. I guess the Hollywood house mansion. But yeah, it's cool. It's like you have a dinner, you have a brandy, you sit down, and there's a brandy waiting for you, or you sit down on a table yeah. and someone left. You drink their leftover brandy. Right. Yeah. It's so much cheaper your night when you do that. You look for, I usually look for those uh, bottle service. Like if someone left a bottle, I would sit on that table and then just, it's easy because you could just drink from the bottle <laughs> and you're actually helping them because it's a lighter bottle to take off the table. That's very true. Yeah. I'm for the common man. So he's having a much better night than she was. There's Meatloaf, I guess. Oh, it's back a horrible when, song. Horrible song. This is back when he was Tuna Helper. <laughs> So we're in Texas. I guess, yes. The pawn shops. Houston. It is meatloaf. He's got this horrible song. I would I would Google it a million ways. Performers in the Christian liquor store, licorice store, uh, musical performances. Just try music. You know, I just couldn't find it. I, I Googled it and uh, Google shut me down. They said, yeah. Yeah, we don't want you to know. He, yeah, right. He, we're paid to not allow this. He does not want you to know. Okay, so you can see they're both on dates. Hers is shitty and his is sexy. Well. Must be attracted to losers. <laughs> now, you did you see that her boobs were used as flotation devices? You see them on a trampoline, and that's really before, like, you know, America's home videos, right? Right. Everyone would get their asses kicked on a trampoline. Oh, yeah, back then it was perfectly safe. Look at his unshaved face, that right? That's pretty cool. Oh, and there's a, so she's literally going to the airport. Right. She's going to the airport. Now, this is a, Pre-9-11 time, so she'll be able to walk right up to the gate when he gets off the plane. Where he gets off the plane. This is LAX. You know, I could tell, man, because of the uh, that runway. It's still the same after all these years. Yeah, I Everybody's can tell seen. what this airport lacks. LAX. Oh, yeah. That, see, there you go. There it is. There it is. Look like a Fisher-Price design, right? Fisher-Price yeah. toys. I always think like Batman, it's like a villain. Ah, movie. yeah. Or it's a revolving restaurant. Justice League. <laughs> I guess that's the one, right? The Justice League. Yeah. Or uh, C-Lab 2020. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. So this was before when they were, when it was Earth Lab, Ground Lab. Ground Lab. Lab. Now look how she just parks. Right, opens up her car. Yeah. Oh, Leaves I broke down. Every, that's going to fool everyone, Maud. Oh, that's what you do back in the day at the airport. You would drive up to the curb, open up your truck, like, and then go in there. And it'll be like, oh, put your lights on. You remember when we were kids, you'd see cars broke down on the side of the road all the time. All the time. You don't see that today. No. Well, people have better access to calling and... Now, Maude took the conveyor belt because it was quicker <laughs> to get in to the airport. Have you guys seen my camera? It was, I checked it in. It's just, oh, there it is. It's on the conveyor belt. 
Now look what the director does. He gives Bo Bridges stress. Okay, so he goes to Texas, loses, cheats on his girl. Now he can't get his bag. So it doesn't really lead anywhere good, but okay. See, their relationship's going to start to deteriorate. So he does a half-ass job of, he doesn't do it in a good sequence, in my opinion, you know, because there's breaks of now they're going to be happy to see each other. You know, it's. I understand what he's doing, but I, I don't know if it was well done. This is all going to lead to them driving into a tunnel and dying. No, they will have, be estranged at that point. Oh. oh, Bridges will die. As a matter of fact, after he's dead, he'll still be his commercial that he did that she advised him not to do will be on the TV and she'll be watching it, not knowing that he's gone. That's good closure. Oh, so this is a, a a parable about the being young and talented in a corrupt uh, city, Los Angeles. Yeah, it is about getting corrupted by the Hollywood lifestyle, but it's not really done very well. I mean, Bo Bridges does the brooding. Bo, it wasn't like exterior forces separated them, like he took the movie role and now he ignores her. That doesn't happen. Nice to meet you, JC. JC, this is Wilson. Wilson, JC. Oh, <laughs> I've heard promising things about you, young man. Yeah. A fellow silent movie star, I see. Wow, he has a camera. Like, this isn't like a blue screen shot either. Like, they no, have like, that like up. trailer. They're on a trailer, probably. Yeah. Now, he. Like there's, they're lying about what they did on there, you know, while the other, you know, while they were apart. Oh, I, I won all these games. It's great. Look, it's not a trailer. But maybe like they're in a fruit truck in front of them. Oh, nope. Whoa, dude. That was dangerous. Cut, cut. Cut. <laughs> Would you mind biking out of my shot? Hey, you know, for the next scene, can I just sit in the back seat? I think that'd be safer. Now the director's giving him more stress. They're looking for a parking spot. Are you leaving? No. Oh, here's a spot. And there's going to be an old lady. Not uh, an old lady, but here's here it is. Turn it up. Turn it up. Go down the block. Go on. The spot is reserved. My husband's going around the block. Yeah, that's cool. She brought her a chair. When they, people sit down, they put a chair and they sit down in the parking yeah. lot. Or they just leave the chair. Now, she passed the only good spot. So he's furious in a polite way. So he's like, that's it. I'm driving. People are honking at him. Is that his car? Like, what's with this weird yellow car? I guess it's her car. It is her car. Oh, right. He, he had met, the other one. Right. She met Monroe while she was driving away in that car. So. Now he's like being mean to her. Like, would you leave me alone, please? He's just frustrated. But you would think that would lead to a continued segment of them declining, but it, it gets interrupted again. These rude um, sailor guys come up and like insult him. He's not a man and try <laughs> to take his girl. And then Bobridge just gets slick and he says, 
he goes, hey, guys, we just got back from the hospital and we my wife had a miscarriage. We'd like to be alone. Is it OK? And they're like, "Ah, uh, yes. You know, oh, I'm going to hear. All right. So I'm going to get the sound of that. Excuse me, folks. Uh, my wife and I just came from the hospital. She had a miscarriage. We missed the taunting. It was a good reverse when Bo shut this thing down. That's a shitty thing to say, though. Yeah. Well, it is, but they were being pig assholes. They were, like, saying, this guy's not a man. Can you believe she's going out with him? You know, so they could overhear. Why don't we help her out? Okay. Excuse me, buddy. Right? And he goes, right. uh, we had a... Okay, this is a weird scene. I don't think it's improvised, but it feels that way. It's just them having lunch or something, but he's going to reminisce about the good old days of L.A. Oh, yeah. Before, as one does. As one does. But before it really became Hollywood, like it is today, sort of like in the silent era when they were all making fish burgers, really, you know? Right, out in the woods. But now it's a super populated place. Like the town grew around him. So. Is a cop driving past your LA home right now? I heard the siren, did it? Yeah, it's still going. Are you in the mean streets? You're in the hood? Oh, I'm in the mission district, in the studio. Oh, right. right. Yeah, me too. I'll be at Pamtastic's Funhouse tonight. No, yeah, right. And then I'll be uh, at the Late Show, the Midnight Show. I'll be locking up the studio. Ooh, middle finger. Middle finger, fuck you. Fuck you and your tennis skills. I should uh, I have the windows open. It was kind of a mistake today. Your ride's you. here, Mike. Uh, hey, I got to go. My ride's here. There was that super bad movie, and he's like, would you please handcuff me? And Or maybe it was the cop's idea. Remember that scrying right. little guy? Get off me, cop! And they put him in the car. Just to get a buzz going around his school or whatever it was. So this scene just drones on and on and on. Um, you know what? Someone called the cops on me for uh, stepping on your uh, the, your research. You're, that was good, yeah. I just felt like th this is another example. Like they just let this guy go, and it's he does these great stages, and then the static conversation. You're just like, well, yeah, you know, he believes that he was making a European style film, and like a lot of the internet believes that too. But I just kind of don't see it. Um, <clears throat> where I think I have some flowerly language about that somewhere. By the way, Laverne and Shirley were going to be on this film. They ended up in the cutting room floor. He didn't know who he had. He had both Penny Marshall and Cindy Williams in very small parts wow. in this film. Five years before Laverne and Shirley. But it, they didn't make it into the film. They were uh, cast out of the store. Clearance. But the thing is, if Laverne and Shirley appeared in the same film, this would have been a talking point. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm like, sure people would know this film. They would they would be on the right. cover of the box. It would have Penny Marshall and Sydney Williams. So JC is done remembering the old days, 
And so he goes, well, I was planning to die this evening, so I really must get to it. So now he's gone off to die in his sleep. We'll never see him again. That's right. Well, I guess uh, their relationship is better. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Now it's good. Everybody's talking about it. The Christian licorice store. <laughs> <laughs> Christian licorice clothing. So do you For mean those... like church clothing where it has that color licorice? I don't know what it means. Like so a blouse? She just said, do you think someday we'll be able to tell each other all of our secrets? And he goes, I think so. And then he goes, but then again, maybe not. And it's sort of like a melancholy ending. Still showing us that things will fall apart. All right. But first, uh, hey, crew, let's take a break. That's what I say. <laughs> That's what the director says before he plays pool. He goes, that's your cue to take a break. The camera was behind the eight ball. <laughs> Your camera work. <laughs> okay, so here they are in like the doing it scene, but it's after. And she's like, the best things in life happen when you're naked. But like he's distant and he says stuff like, can you leave me alone, please? But meanwhile, he's all kissing on her and yeah. I don't know. Well, it seems like at a certain point, he starts to erode, right? Like, he's his rising star. He's got, he's here in Hollywood. They made a movie about him. He's the star of his own film, technically. Yeah, but, and but, then but just, it's already begun, you see, and he's not doing those things you're talking about. Right, yeah. But then he gets more and more, I guess, irrelevant, right? Like, he gets more and more irrelevant as this film goes. Like, he... Can't play tennis. He's cheating. He's no, no. He's okay playing tennis and everything. Um, it, it wasn't the beginning of the end. He's going to go on and win and stuff. Um, I don't know. I this movie's really about their relationship, and I got to tell you, the way it falls apart has nothing to do with the exterior forces. It's all Bowbridge's character. So it isn't that Hollywood corrupted a pure soul, you know? Right. Well, I always felt that way because he does the commercial that, you know, he wasn't supposed to. Well, she advised not to, JC advised not to, but he broke up with her and JC died. So there was nobody left to say no. Did he really did die? Like they, they just like had post quotal conversation about the death of like, Oh, that was fantastic. You were great. Hang on, let me catch my breath. Hey, did you hear the news? JC followed up on his, uh, and died. On his <laughs> sleep. Mm. Uh, see, this gotta, gotta be careful. I don't want to get a tennis elbow. Now, they did not really do it in the I movie. See. All right. At least there is no internet report that P.P. and J.J. shook hands. Sydney, uh, Laverne and Shirley were in bed with them. Okay. 
Now here is like a good scene. And in my opinion, like I want to watch the film in this interesting camera work and black and white and dream sequence. It's it, uh, under pressure. It's yeah. He created, he created 80s music videos. <laughs> the bands are plays the referee, the rest of the band. He's the star of the music video and the rest of the band are in the audience, right? Like maybe the, the bass player is the judge or whatever. Ref. Now you see how JC stands to the side and judges him, right? Yeah. I thought that, I don't know. We didn't really see that in the film except for that one time he was, I don't know. He just, he was a very friendly character. I don't see how this is. Oh, that shot is nothing but net. <laughs> <laughs> that that shot was nothing but net, and it was a tennis film. Yeah, look at him. Look at him. Oh, is he dead? Oh yeah. So whose dream did we watch? JC's or? Uh... Yeah, we were watching oh. JC's dream as he dies. Right. Promised. He promised he would die in his sleep. He didn't promise the uh, dream sequence. That's the trick. You got to under under promise and over deliver. And over deliver. That's it. He's gone. We're seeing pictures of his life. Mexican hat. Now she will inform Maude. I mean, he. Hey, Wilson. <laughs> well, wow. so these are all his photos, his headshots from last ten years. Well, that's Bo Bridges, his mentor, um, his protege. Is that the word? Oh, I got you. Yeah. Ooh, so bright. There's his pink robe, right? The stylish. He was just going to walk into his mentor's bathroom, uh, bedroom. Well, who, Bo Bridges? He's nowhere yeah. nearby. Oh. This is like across town over in Dead World. So this is just a cameraman being artsy about it. Oh, yeah, no, he no. made a full circle and showed pictures of his life. Oh, she walked in and found him. I got you. No, nobody found anybody. Oh, she got the news. So the cameraman right. did it. The cameraman killed JC. And then shot a music video. He decided Aerosmith's video. Wow. Funeral. You know, Hertz is number one in car rentals. Yeah, when Budget heard that news, it hurts. Oh, that's a good movie. Okay. Oh, no, yeah, right. watching. Oh, oh damn. damn. Damn it. Right, he has to die at the end. Pacific Coast Highway. Now you see that car and you said, maybe he's going to die. Maybe he's going to die. But nope. Nope, not DeLorean. Okay, so the guy playing the guitar in this, I forget his name, but he made a really big deal about it on his website. Like this was the greatest thing ever. You'll never even see his face. Wong, wong. Wong. Strum, strum. Right. That's, we, I, I knew of Where a bag. That's, you see his nose? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's all you're going to see. On his website, he's like, I was in a major motion picture, the Christian liquor store. Also at Frank's Garage and Pizza Shop on March 27th. I'll really? Bazerga's open mic on March 44th. I'm going. I'm going to check him out. <laughs> he was in that movie, remember? Christian liquor store? Christian liquor store, yeah. Oh, licorice pizza? No, 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 no. No, no. Not licorice pizza. Oh, no, not licorice pizza. It, it played in the village for one day. <laughs> right. It was screened in the village. Now, it was released in Texas and where was it? Boston. Now, That's Paris. Yeah, Boston. But, you know, I don't know. There are no budget numbers on this film that I... Maybe that's not true, and I just didn't write them down, but this film didn't make money. It just spent money. Well, that's my album cover right there. This is all just brooding, and I don't know. It's a bummer. His friend died. I just got on Facebook Messenger. Look who died in a link. That's Don't so. Do it. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. Yeah, tomorrow I'm going to get a thing that said, "Sorry, guys, I was hijacked." Is there a link? You should click it. Oh yeah, and yeah, you're in my contacts, right? You will be receiving emails. Uh -huh. I'm going to tell you. Listen, Carl, your Bank of Massachusetts account has been hacked. You better yeah. check it. Click here. They have this whole pier they can sit on when they go to the rocks. It's all very boring. Yeah. Well, you know, that's the thing about this film. It's like, I feel like he loses interest or like the movie loses interest with him. It does. I mean, now she'll be asking him, how do you feel about JC? And he'll freak out, you know, don't ask me how I feel, you know, because he's a dude. Right. So there's a little drama at that moment. But other than that, this is just walking around, remembering Talking about GSC. The guy who wrote this music, right? The the score by composer Leo Schifrin, who you called out in the credits. He wrote the theme for Mission Impossible. I knew I recognized that name. He also wrote the scores to Cool Hand Luke, Bullets, TX, THX1138, which is the same year as this, Enter the Dragon, The Four Musketeers, Amityville Horror, Rush Hour Trilogy, blah, 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 blah. Gotcha. Dirty Harry films. So he's a big deal. And Fred Mertz is this guy's dad. I think that's so cool. Ethel, you're driving me crazy. Oh, Fred. You can hear it in her voice. He's just not want to be there. Hey, Lucy, let's go to the club. I'll come. Oh, God, no. So he just yelled at her, and now he's trying to explain himself. I'm a cool guy, see? First guy who ever told me how to handle girls said, like, you got to be cool. Now that I got you to the most re re uh, remote space in Los Angeles, <laughs> I'm going to start flipping out. Now, you'd know his dad is Lloyd Bridges. Yeah. Um, 
His name is Lloyd Burnett Bridges III. That's his name. His parents immediately started calling him Bo after Ashley Wilkes's son in Gone with the Wind, 1939, a book they were reading at the time. Interesting. So that it's so that's why it's B E A U. Right. Like the French beautiful. Yeah. He appeared with his father in five films. And there's yeah, here it is. This is interesting. Lloyd Bridges, Dylan Bridges, his son, and Bo Bridges. They played three generations of the Cress family in Outer Limits Sand Kings. 1995. I just think it was the, neat. They were in it as father, son, and a uh, grandfather, father, and son. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Take that, Bo. Take that, Kirk Douglas. Yeah, that's right. With your yeah one, your one generate. Wait, did they? No, no. It's you, there. There was a movie. It was like it runs in the family, or it has to be family, and it had uh, what did Kirk we Douglas. See? Michael Douglas, we saw Diamonds with uh, Dan right. Aykroyd Dan and Cricket. He just had a stroke and he was acting. And that, no, and also this movie I saw where it was, it was Michael uh, Douglas's son. I think Cameron right. Douglas was in it. We saw him in that Adam and Eve movie. National Lampoon's Adam and Eve. I think he co-wrote that or something. <laughs> so now he's just sick of her. He's sick of her. Whoop. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, he doesn't want to be in this picture anymore. But you see, he's sick of her, but not because they said, come out to a Hollywood party tonight. And she goes, I don't want to go. It wasn't like that at all. Uh, you know, where were you on Friday? I got a last minute offer for a commercial. You know, there's none of that. It isn't really what the internet talks about. He's corrupted by Hollywood. He's not. He decides he doesn't like her on his own. The, the, his manager just died and he's all bummed out. But he... The he's going into the bathroom to hide. He doesn't have, like, vodka under the sink? <laughs> but the beginning of the movie is, like, Miss Lonely Hearts. It's like, you know, or, uh, what's not Miss Lonely Hearts, Day of the Locust. It's this, it's, this, it's, uh... It reminds me of uh, Somewhere, the Sofia Coppola movie with uh, Stephen Dorff driving his fancy sports car as a movie star, and he stops mm -hmm. the car, and he walks away from the, the Hollywood, like the DeLorean, the tunnel leading towards Hollywood, going through real nature, drilling a hole through nature, and then getting to a, a, a you know a disaster area underneath Hollywood. It's all a metaphor. Could so I it's see that, that movie? Well, I'm talking about the opening of this film, right? Like, do we have a tunnel? We go through somewhere. You should absolutely. I like that movie a lot. Okay, Vox uh, Lux was your first recommendation. Yeah. What's this one called? Uh, somewhere. Okay, thanks. Yeah, it's it's good. It's Stephen Dwarf as a movie star, and uh, so that's the Hollywood metaphor. Coppola. Coppola. And he has a fancy car that symbolizes the lifestyle. Wow, they had to blur out the hotel art. I Wow. Really? I didn't well, know. Well, see, sometimes with YouTube, I'm like, I love this digital. I love how dark this movie looks. 
I'm like, oh, it's like it's YouTube. Look, she yeah. knows. She knows he's lost yeah. his interest. Now we see two sports things for some reason. We see Lou Gehrig and we see Babe Ruth. Ooh, ooh. Okay, are we gonna get? We get the speech. I mean, that's coming up in the second segment. Uh, love baseball. Yeah, and Babe Ruth was a hell of a woman. So this, this, uh, you would figure you'd watch something, but like tennis, not him. Right. Now here's Lou Gehrig. Oh, here's the speech. Today, Carl took my parking spot as I was driving into the mm -hmm. stadium. <laughs> now the thing is, like, they always make that dumb joke that. Lou Gehrig died of Lou Gehrig's disease. What are the odds of that, right? Right. And how come they never make that joke for Lou leukemia? Oh yeah, leukemia. Oh, so well, don't, yeah, don't you think it's odd? Leukemia died yeah. of leukemia. What about your friend Co? What What are the odds of that? Yeah, COVID. Never. Leukemia. <laughs> Okay, now he's going to win. Oh, so finally. Oh, no, this, no, no, no. This must be JC in his youth. Oh, all right. Well, that explains why we're watching it. Because I went from the baseball to the baseball to this. Mm -hmm. This is why I feel like he just left his film. You know what's weird, Mike? I zoned out during the sports stuff and missed that every single time I saw this film. Because this film's like letting you, uh, allowing you to zone out. Right. Look, we're looking at his. Hollywood lifestyle. Look, he said a lot. It's a studio. Oh, see, this was in the opening credits. Oh, they're shooting his commercial. Oh. Now the clapboard in this scene says the Christian liquor store. Well, maybe that's the uh, Colony selling in this uh, in 1969. Wow. Oh, wait. Ver vertical hold, horizontal hold. Oh, yeah. Classic. Shooting TV on film. Sports Illustrated. He's selling out. Look at the seats. Sold out show. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here's Tim Buckley. Okay. You can listen if you want. Oh. That's funny. My neighbors hate me already today. I mean, my studio neighbors. It's a good looking guitar. Yeah, suede. So this is his, Sweet. this isn't really his cameo in the film because it'll be in another scene in which they're on a picnic. Um, he's not performing, he's just getting a sandwich. He's. Yeah. yeah, potato salad. Right, right. And um Maud's not taking any pictures and he finds it peculiar. <clears throat> I just saw him take one, but he'll say that at the end. He's taking one right now. Yeah, I don't know why though. That's what 
Yeah, I guess right now he, she just looks at him and he says that. Look at smoking in the studio. That's so stupid. Right. Well, smoking. even with the big lights like that. <clears throat> Looks remember, so you would just smoke anywhere. Remember, you would yeah. absolutely. All right, turn on the keg lights. You want to smoke? Yeah. Ugh. Put on some pants. Some of the the greatest things happen when you're naked. Maybe that's why they're showing this scene. I don't know. He's, but... he's posing as Bigfoot. No, that's it. They're no longer. They are not an item anymore. They are split up because Bo just sort of quit on her. Right. Now, here's Monroe again. As soon as Bo is out of the... He brought his family. I want you, Mom and Dad, I want you to meet my parents. We'll go on a picnic. Well, it's the folk singer. Oh, right. Alan Arbus, Maud Adams, and then another person who the internet didn't care to even tell me about. Plus one. <clears throat> so... Of course, Monroe asks, I heard your friend was in a movie. And she goes, I don't know. We haven't talked to him in a long time. Like, they're all split up now. That's the folk singer. Right. <clears throat> Mystery woman. Oh, the old carousel. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like a good time, like... Hey guys, why don't you take a break and uh, stay in character and shoot? Oh, they had chestnuts? Now they're talking <clears throat> little talk, you know, like, I want pesticide for the ants. I don't spray that stuff. It's all natural, blah, 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 blah. But then he asks, I heard your friend was in a movie. And she goes, I don't know. I haven't talked to him in a long time. She, he says, do you miss him? And she goes, sometimes. I don't know. They're split up now. Oh. It doesn't really lead to anywhere. We don't understand why. And like, he stopped seeing Monroe. So I guess if Bo is gone, she will be back to Monroe. I don't know. I, well, I don't understand. Like, this movie is about him. I mean, it's a relationship and stuff. So that's why we're seeing more of her right now. But, oh, yeah, funny. The thing. This whole movie is about their relationship. From his now perspective apart we're about to get an acid trip right now we're going to get a trippy i think the dream was much better but right. that's well, what is, we're going to get this is a drunken night out it's a drunk um is he is he tripping i that's the vibe i get as the scene goes on uh you see what i'm talking about yeah the director's doing that kind of but the thing is, he is at a Hollywood party, I guess. But Hollywood didn't make... He broke up with Maud for no Hollywood reason at all. But he's not practicing tennis right now. He's going out. Right. And if he's tripping on acid, then it's not cool for his athleticism, right? Oh, man. That looks like a tough room to perform at. The guy tap dancing in the living room. Yeah, you know, tap dancing is just as cool as being a mime. You know what I mean? Like, it's not really entertainment you hire anymore. I saw these two guys whistle. They had a whistling act. Like, it was kind of a vintage-style radio uh, vavillian trick. And it was like, well, yeah. 
My son wants to be a mime now. So he was upstairs in his room, and I was like, hey, keep it down up there. He was practicing his miming. Keep it down. Do you get the joke? So here he wakes up alone in his swimming pool the day after either a drunken thing or a trippy a trip. thing. Didn't well, like uh, he asked you if you were a mime and you said, no, you're no son of mime. Because <laughs> you weren't a mime. He's your right. son. So he's, he's no son of mime. One of mime. Oh. God, what a night. This When I passed out, it was filled with water. <laughs> right. Oh, I was so thirsty when I went <laughs> to school. Oh, my God. Uh, did I drink? How much did I drink? I got to pee. <laughs> it's classy of him not to pee in the pool. Oh, no, <laughs> I take that back. Here he goes. Now, look, he just pulled a girl out of the bushes. He must have. We, they, we might, you know, that's in the director's cut. That scene where they meet. You don't think he's having a decadent Hollywood lifestyle right now? I think he is having a decadent Hollywood lifestyle right now. But I'm saying, the internet was trying to say he gets corrupted by Hollywood. That's not what happened. He hit rock bottom, so he went to Hollywood's world. Wait a minute. What's he? Uh, He's saying, my driver, my driver left. Let me borrow your car. So he goes, sure, man, whatever you want, man. It's a Here. DeLorean. Is it DeLorean? My fingers yeah. are crossed. We're getting to the DeLorean. The doors that go up straight to the sky, is that only DeLorean? Because then, yes, it's a DeLorean. Yeah, I think that was his signature, signature trick. Okay. Nobody else did. Okay, so there it is. Dun, dun, dun. It's like Donnie Darko. Oh, no, it's the bunny rabbit. The rabbit. <laughs> Why do you always that, wear that stupid rabbit costume? <laughs> do people drive DeLoreans like that? Like, does that feel cool? I guess it has to. Otherwise, they wouldn't do it in the film. It looks like it's going to be a plane. Right. I saw one of those, a car can transform into a plane, but you had to stop and click it all into place. Well, yeah, I mean, you got to stall, put the wings, what you do, like the model kit. So our movie's going to end now. There's Bo Bridges, not a stunt person. He likes to drive these, he gets a chance to drive all these vintage cars around. Yeah. I guess that's Bo Bridges, not a stunt person. Wow, so Bridges is entering a tunnel. And screech, we hear, uh, we don't even get to see it. We hear right. a screech. Early 70s ending. Oh, here's the commercial. Hey, oh man, my balls are shaft after a match like that. That's why I use talcum powder. Talcum powder is good, stays on the short and curlies, and soothes my testicles after a great match. <laughs> Yeah, whether it's today, whether it's Wimbledon Open, U.S. Open, or just go to Shoprite, Johnson Johnson cancer-free talcum powder keeps cancer you free. <laughs> keeps your balls feeling light on the court, like a good tennis player. I went so, to the U.S. Open; they were closed. Available at all Christian licorice store. stores. Stores. Speaking of which. That was Christian Licorice Store. 
Uh, with with uh, Bo Bridges and Vaughn Adams. Uh, I, uh, let's take a moment before we even to see the, the there's Monty Hellman. Gilbert Gottfried, the late Gilbert Gottfried. Which, uh, like Gilbert Gottfried. Bill Joe There's some, like some movie people. Larry Gelman, that's a movie guy. That's the writer of MASH, right? He was the assistant director. But there's like, uh, I thought that was like Mark uh, Martikoff, some Hollywood producer. Oh, here we go. Let's take a look. Yeah, let's yeah. see if we can find the MASH guy. There we go. Mike, see, do you see Mike Metavoy? Yes. He's produced, like, every film you've seen. Like, he's a real Hollywood producer. He, he was in the party scene. 